thank you for making time to come on Christmas Day. I know it can be a tick the box is what you're supposed to do, but I know that God wants to speak to us in these few moments together. So kids, thank you for volunteering. Now I've got a few stats to kick us off when it comes to Christmas and presents in particular. So uh, here we go. This is done by the National Retail Federation, Globally, Globally Gallup, which also looks at spending and Western Union amongst a few others. So this is what they say. Holiday retail sales in 2018, they obviously don't know yet for now, surpassed the $1 trillion mark in the USA. That is terrifying amount. A trillion US dollars just on holiday spending in the run-up to Christmas. 62% of Americans buy their gifts the week before Christmas. So if you are a last-minute shopper, you are in the majority. So well done on that. In 2018, USA households spent an average of 1,500 US dollars during the Christmas period. And out of that, between 650 to 900 dollars was spent on gifts. Now obviously in Zimbabwe, we can't really work that out between all these confusing rates and things, but I would imagine that for some of us, it's probably on a similar amount, or at least in our US dollar days, it was. In the UK, very similar, and Europe, um, give or take between the 900 to 1,100 euros or pounds mark. Data shows that giving is concentrated on spouses, significant others, and children. Um, Sarah's got some awesome prizes hidden for me when we get home, so I'm just um, very excited about those. 14% um, of Americans, this is terrifying, sell their possessions to fund Christmas spending. 14% of Americans. This survey, by the way, was thousands and thousands of people. Uh, this is an interesting one. 27 million real Christmas trees were sold in 2018. Just two more to go. About a quarter of Americans go into debt because of Christmas spending. So that's pretty scary going into debt in the run-up. And uh, the final one, this is even more scary. Um, in 2018... Americans spent $13 billion on unwanted gifts. So they worked this out, the amount of returns, Christmas purchases, and this was pretty much on online or store things. $13 billion is returned straight after Christmas on things that people got and just didn't want at all. So giving and receiving gifts is a huge part of Christmas tradition where we demonstrate our love for each other. Um, and there may be different things that we do. We might just give them out. We may play games like Chinese auctions, which some of you may enjoy. I don't because the good ones always get stolen by someone else. Um, and the list goes on. Sometimes you open a present and it's just what you want. Did any of you have a present that you opened this morning? Any kids or anything? And you open and you're just a bit like, shmah, it's pretty random. <laughs> okay, families around. I thought I'd just maybe trick someone there, probably ruin Christmas if they did. But you know, sometimes you get a present and you're just like, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I wanted. This is incredible. And then you open another one and you're like, oh, thank you so much. What a lovely present. What a lovely gift. Thank you. But inside you're going, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Am I going to re-gift it for someone's birthday? And, and, and those sorts of things happen as well. Well, as you saw from the kids, things are not always as they seem. You can be misled or you can expect something large in a big box and something small that's badly wrapped can turn out to be the greatest one of all. Many ways this can be the same as Jesus Christ. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18 and it says, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it's the power of God to us who are being saved. Now the writer Paul is getting across the fact that Jesus coming to earth and dying, in many ways it can look like that guy was a bit of a weak guy. He wasn't, he wasn't anything special and why would you possibly follow him? It can look like this random present, but actually we believe it to be different. 
You see, the writer's getting at that the whole virgin birth and then later Jesus dying on the cross may seem a little weak and insignificant, but that's not the case. Jesus was, however, born into a carpenter's family, fairly random. Nothing appear in his appearance that was very special at all. And for the majority of his life, from year naught to 30, no one really knew who he was. And then he had three years of public ministry, just three. And at the end of that, he was killed for blasphemy. He was killed for calling himself God. Some of you today may be asking the question, I'm ticking the box, but can this Jesus who was born and something like that really be God? Is he really someone I should pay attention to? Can he really forgive my sin? And do I even need my sin to be forgiven? And do I really want to take a gift that talks about things like sacrifice, things like handing over your life, things that don't look that pretty? Do I really want to take a gift like that? I'd rather build a name for myself here or live in comfort. And the list goes on. And that's why the gift of Christ can sadly be left under the tree. If you and I were playing Christmas auction, he could be the gift that everyone wants to pass on and someone else wants something newer and something better. He can be the gift that people are told what it is and they quickly open it, but they put it aside and they want to hand it over to someone else or forget about it until the following year. Move past and get onto gifts that look more attractive and more exciting. Talking about gifts, two verses that actually speak about it in the Bible. Look at this. The righteousness of God that's being right with God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then this is interesting. We're talking about gifts and Christmas. And people are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So God's talking about his life. It's a gift to us, like a Christmas gift. And I'll read more of that in a short bit, but I want to jump over to this. Ephesians 2 says the same. Another book. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not for yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. So you notice there that twice this word grace is referred to as a gift. And a gift is something that you can't earn. So it's something that someone chooses to give you. You don't work for a gift. You work for remuneration. A gift is something that you can't earn. It's given. And it's something that we cannot enjoy and experience unless you open it. It can look pretty to an extent, but I don't know many kids here today who got given presents from mom and dad this morning and just said, mom, that is such lovely wrapping. That's amazing. I'm just actually going to leave it. I just want to watch it and look at it for the next year. No, we want to open it. That's the only way we truly experience what a gift is. God's grace is used to explain the gift of being made right with God. It's often explained as God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. It's why we have this manger here. It's why we have Christ Mass, Christmas Christ Mass. It's King Jesus stepping into our world to pay the price that you and I could never pay so that we could experience life that we could never have on our own. King Jesus gave up comfort, he gave up position, he gave up status, but more importantly, he gave up his life for each of us so that we could have true life. This gift that he gave us was immensely costly for the giver, more costly than any gift you or I could ever give each other. Just does it hold the place of other gifts in our lives? Does it hold the value and the weight of other gifts? A few points from these passages about the gift that God gives us. If I can go backwards, I might not be able to. Ah, there you go. Perfect. 
One more. A few quick things and then uh, I'm getting ready to pray and we'll sing in a short bit. A few things. This gift, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there's no distinction. So his gift, it's not one-on-one, it's not a parent giving to a single child. God's gift is for everyone. There's no distinction. The next thing is we need this gift more than we need others because all of us have sinned. So it's a gift that's for everyone. It's a gift that we all actually need rather than an unwanted gift that gets returned. What else? It comes through the life and death of Jesus Christ, through the redemption. That's Jesus buying us back on the cross. So we know how this gift comes and who gives it to us. It says there that it's received by faith. So it's received by faith. So the way you receive this gift is not like a normal gift that the kids took. You receive it by believing. So it's a gift that you take by faith. And this gift makes us right with God, the righteousness of God. So it's an absolutely astounding gift that we get given through Christmas. And then the final thing that you learn about this gift, which we click over, I think it'll work. Perfect. The final thing that we know is that we cannot work for this gift. You can't earn it by doing good things. It is a gift wrapped in love and decorated with blood that if opened and accepted is the greatest gift there ever is. I'll say that again. It's a gift wrapped in love, decorated with blood that if opened and accepted is the greatest gift there ever is. And so today and every day, God's hand is out to you and I. Whether you're a Christ follower here today or not, whether you're exploring faith or you've known him many years, his hand is out to you and I today. The difference between this gift and any others that you and I may receive, it's the only one that each of us really, really need. It is the only gift that each of us really, really need. It is the only gift that can change your heart. No present that you and I have received this morning or received today can ever change our heart. This gift that we receive by faith from Christ is the only one that can transform us from the inside out. It is the only one that can give you joy. There's going to be happiness today. There may be some elements of joy, but true joy that comes from Christ, this is the only gift you can get. It's the only one to save us from our sin, and it is the only gift that can affect where we spend after the grave. The only gift. There's no other gift or radio control car or anything else that will change where you go when you die, but this gift will. So the challenge for each of us today, it's twofold. If you're not a Christ follower here today and you're, you're exploring faith, this is my challenge to you. Will you pass this gift by? Will you pass it over and go, it looks a bit strange, it looks a bit random, I'm going to choose another gift or I'm going to open another. Will you opt for a gift that looks more attractive on the outside or will you open this gift that may be foolish to some, but is the greatest gift you can receive and experience. So if you don't know the Lord here today, I want to challenge you to explore, to look further, because Jesus promises that when we seek him, we will find him. What about if you consider yourself a Christ follower here today? Well, what will you spend your life on in giving as a gift to Christ after the matchless gift of grace he's given to you? What will your present look like to him? What will your present of thanks look like to him this Christmas and in the year 2020 for the one who gave his life for you? What will you give in return? What's, what, what's your, 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 your thankfulness? What's the gift that you're gonna store up and give to him on the back of the gift he's given to you? Because this gift is a gift that, if accepted, will present you with new gifts every day. It's a gift that never wears out, that you don't get bored of, and believe it or not, has an effect in this lifetime and for all eternity. I'd love us to pray, and I'd love the band to come up, and we'll sing uh, a last song as we close.
Lord Jesus. And uh, you can just take these moments just before we, we sing in close to, to really just assess where you are, whether it means closing your eyes or opening them or raising your hands. I don't want this Christmas Day 2019 to pass us by as just another box tick. I want it to be one where the King of Kings, who came as a baby and died on a cross for you and I, impacts our hearts in this very moment. So Lord Jesus, I know that you're here with us. Holy Spirit, I ask that right now you would show us the beauty and the priceless worth of your gift of grace. That right now more than ever, you would show us from the very young ages here up to grannies and grandpas, you would show us the matchless worth of what you purchased for us on the cross, of what it meant for you to come down from heaven, step into our world, be born in the lowliest of ways, live a, a fairly obscure life, but demonstrate and show to us that you were the King of Kings and that you are the King of Kings. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would show us whether we're exploring faith here today or we've known you for many years, that this gift we would receive, that we would open, that we would celebrate and that we would experience it each and every day of our lives, that it would transform us from the inside out in this lifetime and the lifetime that's beyond. And so thank you for these moments we've had together as we sing, God. Um, may you speak to us, continue to speak to us as we sing this last song. Your amazing name we pray, amen.